Welcome everybody to another episode of The Spiritual Psychologist. I'm your host, Dr. Rathika Marsh, The Spiritual Psychologist. And in this addiction season, today we are speaking to Ruby Freeman. She is a leadership guide, Cambo practitioner, speaker and author of Potent Leadership. She's helped thousands of leaders gain the confidence to quit performing, crystallize their messaging and lead their movements with integrity. She's an expert on personal growth and inner work, and she is the host of a top-rated podcast, Potent Truth, and has appeared in over 100 publications and podcasts. She works with her clients one-to-one or in group settings at her live retreats and her group programs, and she is known for her big heart, no bullshit approach and shamanic gifts. Ruby's work bridges the gap between practicality and spirituality, offering leaders an opportunity to create true inner expansion and optimised healing. So in this episode, we are talking to Ruby about her journey of healing, her journey of overcoming addiction with drugs, but we specifically talk about overworking and her journey of entrepreneurship and leadership and finding that space of well-being and harmony in her well-being after periods of repetitive burnout. So it's a really, really interesting episode that I'm sure will be so beneficial for so many of you. So I hope you enjoy. Don't forget as well that my new programme, The Expansion Code, is going to be running from middle of April. And I would love for you to join us in this powerful sisterhood space where we will we are going to be moving towards our visions our dreams and bringing into fruition the amazing things that are important to us and our soul so if you want to join then please reach out you can contact me on the spiritual underscore psychologist on instagram or via my website, spiritualpsychologist.co.uk. Welcome everybody back to the Spiritual Psychologist podcast. I am here with Ruby today and welcome Ruby. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. You're so welcome. And yeah, I felt really called to speak to you because I have been running this season on addiction and we've been talking about different kinds of addiction and trying to develop an understanding around addiction with these things. One of those things is overworking. And that's why I wanted to bring you on because I very much feel that you are a leader, an entrepreneur, and I am sure that you've had your own journey with this. So, and if you haven't, then that's also interesting as well. And I'm sure that you have had maybe that um, discussion with clients in the work that you do as well. So, I'd love to, first of all, the question that I've been asking um, people that have been coming onto this season is, what does addiction mean to you? So I have a very personal tie to addiction because I was a former addict. Uh, Drugs Mm -hmm. and alcohol were uh, my vice, and I was an addict for quite a few years. So for me, 
addiction means when we become overconsumed with something as a form to escape our reality. And this can happen in a multitude of ways, not just drugs and alcohol, but TV, sleeping, going out. Like there's so many different mm-hmm. ways for us to escape the world um, that may feel too painful for us to bear. Yes. And what I'd love to know, you know, how did you come out of that space? How did you heal from being in that cycle, right? It's a cycle of pain and suffering, isn't it? And how did you find your way out of that? I mean, the first thing is just, I started looking at the choices that I had made. I mean, I found myself at rock bottom in 2012. I talk more about that in my book, Potent Leadership. But at that time, prior to rock bottom, I definitely saw myself as a victim of circumstance. And Mm -hmm. at rock bottom, I had to ask myself the hard questions, like, how did I actually get here? What decisions, choices, events led me to this place? And they were all decisions and choices that I had made. I had no one else to blame. And sure, you know, there were experiences in my life that were really, really tough that involved other people. However, at the end of the day, it was me making the choices that led me into that place of addiction. So that enlightened moment for me was really understanding that I got myself there and then deciding that I wanted better because you can Mm -hmm. still realize that you got yourself to that place of addiction and still not want better for yourself. But I really wanted to create a better experience, a better life for myself. And so that started a very messy journey to sobriety for me in 2012. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, it all came down to the fact that I uncovered that it was me all Mm -hmm. along and the decision to change. Mm. It's such a, hard hitting reality thing about being a victim of your circumstances and that I guess there's so many reasons right there are so many reasons why you get to a space this is this is the work I do you know around trauma and emotional wounds and healing and there's a reason why you enter those cycles of of suffering right because you're trying to avoid that pain that that you know, that high level of pain. But there is that point, isn't there, where in spite of those things, you have to make a decision or you have to choose, don't you, at some point to choose yourself. So, wow, like that's such a journey to get from that place to where you are now. Um, I'd love to know then as a leader, I guess, what, what, how do you define leadership? Because I'd love to know that as well. Well, first off, for me, leadership means paving the way. And how I got to this place was really, it's, it's been a journey of reclamation. It's not that I didn't have this voice or I didn't have these values or I didn't have these beliefs. I did. Um, mm-hmm. However, through my upbringing, I was shown that it was unsafe to to have that voice, that it was unsafe to take a stand for what I believe. And so I slowly started quieting my voice, dimming my light and being what I thought everyone else wanted me to be. So my journey, which really started in 2012, was a journey of reclamation, reclaiming my voice, reclaiming 
my sovereignty, reclaiming my beliefs, reclaiming all that I hold meaningful in my life. And that really led me to where I stand today and the work that I do today with leaders. Mm. And what, like, what did that path, what did it look like? <laughs> that must have been up and down and messy and all over the place <laughs> because, you know, you're shifting from a completely um, like the familiar thing that you knew and I can relate to this as well was I guess like suppression of parts of yourself right and that fear of if I speak up if I share my truth if I am who I am and I express my authenticity that it's gonna lead to rejection I'm gonna be abandoned that the people aren't gonna see me as enough or what whatever the wound is right and to go to, to move to that space of like paving the paving your own way. It's a challenging process, isn't it? Um, what did that sort of look like? I don't know if you can explain that, whether there's words around it. First off, I want to start by saying it was messy. You know, mm. I, it, it wasn't just hitting rock bottom and rising to where I am. It was very messy. It had a lot of twists and turns. And if I were to simplify the entire journey, I would say it really came down to a process of unraveling all that I thought I was to uncover all that I, I know I am. Mm -hmm. And so it was a deep process of unraveling from the programs, from the belief systems that were projected upon me from my protective mechanisms that held me safe you know, quote unquote, safe for so long um, to uncover what really lies beneath all of that, what lies beneath the army armor, who am I really? And mm. that's, it was, it really felt like a coming home, coming back mm -hmm. to myself. Yes. Yeah. That is the work, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That is the work, the unraveling, the deprogramming. And it's just, it's amazing, isn't it? It's truly, truly amazing when you find that space. And that's ever evolving as well, isn't it? Like who you think you are now, mm -hmm. that that also, you know, you can you can level up to a different version or ch shift and change constantly. It's, it's truly amazing. That realization is so powerful, isn't it? What has your journey been with your business how has that where did you start and how has that grown where is it now um yeah I'd just love to know that journey for you I think it's best to start at where my entrepreneurial journey actually began which was 18 years ago so I've been an entrepreneur in the entrepreneurial space for 18 years with different businesses. Mm -hmm. And so I understand what it takes. And 18 years ago, this is before social media. I mean, maybe I think MySpace might have been out at that time. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but this is before social media. And I had a brick and mortar business. And I literally went door to door handing out brochures. And that's what I would do. And that was part of my business plan, um, making connections, creating relationships. Yeah. And fast forward to my businesses today, it's, I'm definitely wiser in terms mm -hmm. of I can imagine. Uh, 
and in terms of how much energy I put into everything and intention. So I have been in the pits of burnout and I've been there many times. And now the way in which I've designed my business is a business that actually fuels me versus me constantly needing to fuel the business. So there's been a lot of perspective mm -hmm. shifts that I've learned along the way. I mean, my business prior to coaching, I had a social media marketing business. I was in marketing for a long time and I had a boutique agency and I worked with uh, about six clients at one time, but that's six different businesses with six sets of social media platforms oh, no. to manage. Um, oh my gosh. And it was just me for a long time. And then I hired an assistant who worked part-time hours, but it was a lot, you know, I was, mm -hmm. I would be working 70, 80 hours a week, constantly online, which is super draining. Um, I liked what I did. I was good at what I did and clients flowed to me with ease. I never paid a dollar for ads and I kept burning out. I kept, mm. um, what did the, what did the, but first of all, I just wanted to say, I really appreciate what you're saying about the messiness of the journey, because there's a lot of, um, hiding the parts that we don't want to show, right? And that is the messiness. So you can have growth and have a really challenging relationship in the background. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. not all aspects are always okay. And there can be such messiness that isn't set shown on social media. And so you just end up, you can end up seeing this um, picture of this person has like, done this like almost pretty healing work <laughs> this pretty healing work and um look at where they are now you know and it's not like that it's not like that it's it's messy you go you unravel layers don't you and you think you've got somewhere with something and then you can end up going back in the hole and it's hard you know it's not it's not easy but it's it's um learning isn't it to love yourself through that be compassionate and to lead yourself lead yourself out of it right you know a lot of people who are i guess overworking that's i guess the way you could describe it or burning out um they they maybe can't identify that that is what is happening until it has reached that point of um i can't work anymore I've got to take time out, significant amounts of time out. Um, I can't get out of bed, you know, or I'm really unwell. So what did, what are the, what were the signs for you around burning out, around overworking? What was going on in your head? What was happening with your body? Mm. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and as you mentioned, a lot of people are, are burnt out well before they realize they're burnt out. And yes. that was me you know, for a long time. It really just took a diagnosis of adrenal fatigue for me to say to myself, mm -hmm. okay, I need to slow down. Um, but, you know, there's this, so I'm a huge fan of Gary Vaynerchuk and I love the hustle mentality. And what I learned is that you have to create harmony. 
between like yes. there are seasons for us to hustle, right? Like for all new entrepreneurs, let me just tell you, you're going to have to hustle. There's there's no easy way to get what you want, right? Like a lot of people come into this and they're jaded by what they see on Instagram and they think success is just around the corner. It's like you have to earn it. You have to work for it. So there is a time to hustle and there's a time to take your foot off the gas a little bit, you know, yeah. and, and we need to go through those seasons. And so for me, I just had my foot on the pedal, I had the pedal to the floor for far too long. Mm-hmm. It was just go, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. I've been raised um, in a family that, that really valued hard work. Like that was mm-hmm. the term that was used hard work. Work has to be hard. I was working ever since I legally could work at the age of 15. I always had a job. And so I was used to the hustle. I was also used to multitasking. I mean, in my early 20s, I had a brick and mortar business. I worked um, for another business. And then I also had another mobile business. Like I had, but I could manage all of that. And, And we can go through seasons where that's possible. But at Mm -hmm. some point in time, you're going to run out of gas. Yes. And that's what we need to be aware of, right? So to honor those seasons where the hustle is serving you, but to be cautious and and be aware of when you start to experience exhaustion, when you start to experience sleepless nights, like a little bouts of insomnia here and there, Mm -hmm. when you start to, when you reach a Friday, this is like the biggest point, when you reach a Friday afternoon and you're like, fuck this, I'm done. Where's the bottle or whatever form yeah. of escapism? Like that is a sign that you are burnt out. However, people don't look at it as, as at, at it as a sign. They look at it as like, I'm just hustling and doing what I need to do. But if you need to escape from, from the, the business that you've created out of the space of passion, then that's an issue, right? So that's your first sign. But unfortunately, a lot of people wait until it starts to create like dis-ease in the body. Maybe the insomnia starts to get worse. Maybe like me, you're diagnosed with something like adrenal fatigue. Maybe, um, you know, you start to experience other health issues, but we don't have to wait that long. It's, yeah, that thing about like getting to a Friday I mean, yeah, I mean, I can relate to that. I can relate to that, actually, that like, you know, I have, I have like clients, you know, Wednesday, Thursday are kind of more my client heavy days. And um, by the end of that, I can feel myself like I'm so ready for, you know, I have like a, I've been boundaried around having a Friday off. And by the Friday, I am tired you know, I feel it, that, that sense of tiredness. So, yeah, I'd love to, like, when you were talking about hustling, I was thinking there's also a difference between, you know, like hustling in a way that feels really forced and pushy and I have to do this, right? I have to post on social media today compared to, being in a space of hustle because it just feels so lit and exciting and you feel like, ah, you know, that sense of um, passion around it, right? Do you think that creates a difference as well in terms of the burnout? 
Yes and no. So yes, we, there is a difference between hustling with intention or hustling with purpose versus just hustling to, to get shit done. Uh, but both can lead to burnout because we can hustle mm -hmm. with all the purpose in the world, with all the intention in the world. We can hustle for the things that feel most aligned for us. But in that hustling, we can still burn more energy that we have, have available. And, yes. and that's the problem. And I think that that's where purpose-driven entrepreneurs and conscious leaders fall into the trap. It's like they really genuinely, we love what we do. We love what we do. Mm -hmm. And it can be really easy to overgive and overshare and, and show up more than your energetic capacity is willing to show up. And so you push yes. yourself and that's not healthy either. It's still the lack of balance, isn't it? The lack of balance and harmony with rest. Yeah. And, and I prefer the word harmony, right? Because like yes. everyone has a different requirement for rest, like for me and people always, um, I always tell my clients this because I just need a lot of sleep and I recognize that, you know, if I don't get seven hours minimum, I am no good to the world mm. at all. And mm. so I have a very strict bedtime and yes. we go to bed between eight and eight 30 and then I wake up at 5 a.m. And if I try and go to bed any later, then I'm shot. I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not in my, my potency and my medicine the next day. And so yeah. I have learned to create very strong boundaries around that to honor my energy. You, rarely will you ever find me out on a weeknight ever. Mm -hmm. And that means saying no to events and saying no to gatherings because I honor my well being more mm -hmm. than that. And so that's the other thing that people need to realize is we we have to under we can have healthy addictions like I am very addicted to my well-being now like yeah. that is that is my number one value health is my number one value and has been for a long time and so I will create boundaries around that which one mm -hmm. I just described around my sleep um, I create boundaries around who I share my energy with where I go to eat how I cook my food and some people may look at that and be like, you're really strict with your, your routines and regimens. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yes, and I'm super healthy and I feel really great. You know, yeah. like this, this is important to me. So it's important to understand um, that there are other things that we can obsess over that are actually good for us. Yes. And to do so in a way that feels honoring of, of what we hold most meaningful. Mm. It's finding the healthy replacements, isn't it? With clients that you work with who are in that space of overworking, and it's so easily done in the entrepreneurial world, what, what are the like common underlying causes or roots of that that you might see? So overworking is comes from a place of overcompensation. You have something to prove. Um, and this can look different for different people. Since we live in a very digital age, um, one of the things that comes up often is comparisonitis. People are comparing themselves to other people online and they see this and they got to do this. And so they overwork themselves to try and mimic or match how someone else is showing up, but that doesn't align with who you are, your energetic capacity. Um, so that's one. And another way, again, like overcompensation, 
you're trying to validate your worth. You're trying to prove yourself. You're going to, you're trying to prove that you can be successful. Something, there's something that you're trying to prove either to yourself or, you know, this could stem back into, um, your, your family. You're trying to a lot. I see this so much Mm -hmm. people still carrying the story of trying to prove their value to one of their parents or both their parents, um, or to their partners or to their uh, community. And this, often leads to overworking because you're not really fully owning what you have to offer and you just can instead continue to work and work and hustle and hustle in a way that doesn't align with your natural gifts to prove yourself yeah that is powerful that is a trap that i think most people most people get into how did you find that space then of coming out of those cycles of burnout and overwhelm. What was the shift for you around that? The shift for me was when I realized just that it wasn't sustainable. You know, Mm. when I, when I had adrenal fatigue, uh, that was 2000 and I believe 14 or 15 and it it literally had me topsy turvy. Like I I had insomnia all night. I would feel sleepy all day. My my inner rhythm was completely off. I wasn't feeling well. And I just knew. I said, you know, this is not after my sobriety journey. How could I go to living my life feeling like shit again, but just in a different way? You know. Um, so I was determined to feel better and to do things differently. And the realization was, well, I, I'm in this for the long run and the way in which I'm showing up is not going to support me in being in this in the long run. So what do I have to do instead? So it was definitely a, an experiment of finding the best ways for me of, of deeply understanding myself, like understanding how much sleep do I need? How do I best operate? What are my personal needs that I can fulfill before I start working? What rituals really support me? Um, You know, I think a lot of people try, there's, there's a lot of like morning rituals and books on this, but my advice to my clients is always like find what works for you because we're each so different. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you. And so for me, it was like finding what works for me. How can I really fuel my tank in a way where I can show up for my purpose, feeling fueled and feeling light and feeling good? So Mm -hmm. it was definitely an experimental phase of trying Mm -hmm. different things and finding the things that work the best. And now I've gotten to a place where when I start to feel even uh, the smallest amount of overwhelm or anxiety or exhaustion, I will put on the brakes and I go into my no rule, which is say no to everything. Yeah, which to get to that point of saying no to everything, you have to be you have to have done that that healing work around what it means when you say no Mm -hmm. (laughs) what it means when you say no and to feel comfortable saying it because I think this is part of the overworking thing isn't it it's like that that the inability or struggle with um letting people down with what it means if you say no Mm -hmm. um but yeah I love that just say no to everything (laughs) 
Yeah, say no to everything and say yes to all the ways in which you can nurture yourself. <laughs> yes, I'd love to know what does your week and your weekend look like um, mm. in terms of the harmony between work, play, rest? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so for a, a big part of my life, I worked uh, almost every day. Like for a huge part of my life, I worked almost every day. And it wasn't until... Um, a few, maybe like two, three years ago when I started taking a little more time off on the weekends. And now I'm at a place where I, if it, if I open my laptop on a weekend, there's a real definite purpose that I do so. But I usually, mm -hmm. my laptop is closed. Um, I'm not usually online too much. I really take time off on the weekends. And then the way I've structured my business um, is you know all my clients fit into one day a week uh, because I like to access there's you know different parts of our brain that we access when we're coaching and serving yes. versus when we're creating so I like to separate everything so I'm big I'm a big fan on enhancing optimizing productivity hmm. so I put all my clients on Tuesdays Mondays are like my catch up days and I like to keep it more spacious so that hmm. I can set the tone for the week. Wednesdays are my podcast interview recording days mm -hmm. and then Thursday, Friday mornings and the mornings I do combo ceremonies for clients and those the afternoons are usually a little more free Thursdays I may take a few more calls Fridays mm -hmm. are like flex so if I have things to do I work on that and if I want to just have an extra afternoon to myself I do that as well yeah. so I've learned to optimize my schedule and my energy um, mm -hmm. in a way that really suits me. And the reason why I started taking full weekends off, even if that means coming back on Monday to an inbox of 50 emails, like I still do it because that is the only way that I feel fully rested. Yes. And do you presumably take time off of social media? Yeah. So I have gotten to a point where I don't post too much on the weekends and then Sundays it's not a, an intentional like do not go online on Sundays but I'll usually just leave the phone alone on Sundays um you know my relationship with social media from being a social media um manager marketing manager and and being on the front lines of social media since all the apps came out I, I know what it's like and I understand the relationship and I understand the psychology uh, behind social media and how yes. it starts to become something that we abuse. And, and I write about this a lot in my book, but mm. I, that awareness really just helped me take a step back to um, use social media as a tool versus having social media use me. So I'm yeah. not addicted to social media. I'm not addicted to seeking validation on social media. I use it as a tool. Yes. You've got that healthy distance distance from it and that you're utilizing it rather than being sucked in a vortex of it's another vortex of suffering really <laughs> it's yeah. another cycle of it's another cycle of addiction isn't it I love how you kind of set out your week it's it's quite similar actually to mine I love having Mondays as an expansive day to tune into like okay what what am I doing? <laughs> What's going on? What do I want to focus on? And um, to just have that space, because it's often in that space that the brilliance comes through, you know, 
for me anyway. So I love that. And I love that you've kind of got those different facets as well in your, that you're doing different things, that it's not just one thing, which is also so helpful, I think, in, in accessing a sense of spaciousness. Yeah, it, it's important. It's important. And it also, it, you know, a lot of people get overwhelmed when they don't have a plan, right? And that can lead to burnout. Yeah. And so when you do create some form of structure, it actually alleviates a lot of that overwhelming anxiety because now your days become super intentional. Are there any kind of final, I guess, thoughts around women and entrepreneurship, overworking? What are your sort of maybe three top tips around finding the space of harmony? Mm. One is deeply understand your needs. Very important because if you don't understand your needs, that is probably the fastest, quickest path to burnout. Uh, number two is deeply understand what you value. I think a lot of people, the biggest mistake they make is they go after things that aren't really meaningful to them yes. uh, because they have because they see other people doing it. But mm. once you actually uncover what you value, it shift it could shift everything dramatically. Um, and then the third thing is rest as needed. This I say from deep experience. <laughs> I think there's a, with the digital, living in the digital era, there's an increase of anxiety due to what kids these days call FOMO, <laughs> you know, the fear of missing out. And like, it's like, if I don't show up, then like, I'm going to lose my algorithm and I'm going to lose business. And I always say, no one gives a fuck if you take a few days off, like they really don't. I've been gone a month off of social media. No one gave a fuck. No one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because they're too preoccupied with their own lives and their own feeds. No one cares. So it's important to understand that and to allow yourself to rest as needed. I don't, I'm saying as needed because your needs may shift dramatically just within a 30 day time frame. And when your body is saying like, I'm really exhausted, we need to rest you need to listen to that. Mm. And what, like to to you, what does rest mean? I know you said sleep is really important, but I think this the concept of rest can also be confusing because you could be, one person's interpretation of rest might be sitting and watching Netflix all day long and then it doesn't feel good. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? There's nothing wrong with watching Netflix, mm -hmm. but it's that thing of like how much you do something, I guess. Or you could be sitting all day in bed, resting, but scrolling on social media, which has an impact, doesn't it? So what does, yeah, what do you, I'd love to hear your kind of thoughts around that. Yeah. So by rest, I mean, do what you need to do to refill your tank. Like that's mm -hmm. just it. And every pet, everybody has different needs. Like for example, introverts and extroverts have completely different needs for fueling mm -hmm. their tanks. You know, I'm introverted. So I just need my solitude. I, I always call it, I can't people. I don't want to people anymore. Mm -hmm. And I just need some solo time um, because too much external stimulation just drains me. And, you know, understanding 
what do you need to replenish your tank, to feel nourished, to feel rejuvenated? And for some people, it will be just sitting on the couch, watching Netflix all day, because that mm-hmm. genuinely does refuel you. For mm-hmm. some people, it's going to be uh, being around some really close friends and just having some offline time in person connecting. For some people, it's going to be getting out in nature. You know, for me, it's um, getting out in nature, taking time off my devices that's super important Mm -hmm. like all my electronic devices watch except for netflix like that really Mm -hmm. works for me um for anyone listening who knows human design usually projectors tend to (laughs) do this which i am Mm -hmm. Um, i always yeah i i mean i always um find the i guess like the detachment and easiness and does the switch off of Netflix really helpful? Mm-hmm. But it's something that is criticized a lot. Do you know what I mean? Thousand Especially percent. in the spiritual world. Yeah, and I here's the thing. There's a sense okay. of shame. There, there's, this is so crazy. So for me, I consider myself a sovereign being. I'm not going to be brainwashed or manipulated by my TV. That's one. So I, I stand mm-hmm. really convicted of like the strength of my mind. And two... For people who have really overactive minds, um, for people who are stimulated, like find interactions very stimulating to be able Mm -hmm. to sit in front of the TV and just shut it off, like just shut the brain off and just really drop in and relax can offer the body a full reset and can offer Mm -hmm. your mind just a time to, to power down, which is really important. So, you know, drop the shame around all of that. And there's of course always going to be people who say TV is bad and Netflix is bad. And again, you have to understand yourself and your needs more than listening to what other people say you need and trust the inner guidance that your intuition is saying, like, just know, mm-hmm. how do I best refuel? If, if you now, if you sit in front of your TV and watch Netflix all day, and then by the evening, you're like, oh, my God, I feel so drained. And you wake up the next day and you feel tired. Then that's a sign that this is not. Yeah, definitely. Fueling you, right? Yes. That's draining you. But if you wake up the next day and feel refueled like I do, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. There's just so so much around trusting your own body and your own internal guidance system, isn't there? Thank you so much, Ruby. I loved all of that. Just so much insight and wisdom. And it's so valuable to uh, receive your perspective, you know, in, in the role that you're in and being further down the entrepreneurial route and having had so many businesses and having really like experienced that burnout and um, overworking and have found this space of harmony. It's just so valuable to get your perspective. And I know that I've like also, it's made me kind of think about my own, um, you know, my own sort of working week and how I could maybe think about how I, shift things a little bit so that I you know so there isn't that feeling you know that feeling on it that you're talking about on a Friday where it's like oh my gosh (laughs) you know I just want to sleep for hours or whatever so yeah thank you so so much and if people want to connect with you if people want to get a hold of you or work with you 
Um, what are the best places to find you? So you can head to my website, rubyframon.com. You can also check me out on social media. The only place I'm really active is Instagram at I am Ruby. And then I've also got a YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash I am Ruby. And of course, my book, Potent Leadership, and then my podcast, Potent Truth. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing your journey. Such an inspiration. Um, Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode today. If you enjoyed it and you felt that somebody else would benefit from it, please share on your social media, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. And I look forward to seeing you next time.